Hello and welcome into another edition of the Potbelly Pigskin Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Liam Schneider. I am joined by Graham McCool tonight. How's it going tonight, Graham? Going good. Awesome. Okay, so pretty much the same thing we do at the top of every show. We'll just get into some news. We'll uh, just touch on some of the stuff from the weekend as well as anything that's come out since the weekend. Uh, recent news, the Titans released Adrian Peterson and promoted Dontrell Hilliard. So um, that's kind of interesting. Uh, Zach Wilson's expected to start. Uh, not really big news with Straveler there, but Zeke, uh, he did get it in a full practice. He's dealing with a bit of a knee injury. Uh, Allen Robinson didn't practice. Kamara and Ingram both were absent from practice today. Um, then taking a look at the Lions, Jared Goff is is leaning towards starting on Thursday. So that might be... I, I think it's a little bit better for the players on Detroit, fantasy-wise, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, the Giants fired Jason Garrett, and it's uh, Freddie Kitchens is going to be the new offensive coordinator. So I... I remember him coming in in Cleveland and making a lot of players fantasy relevant, so holding my breath there. Um, the Texans cut Philip Lindsay. Uh, CD Lamb has an opportunity to play against Vegas. Uh, Kadarius Tony is uh, questionable. Uh, oh, sorry, that was actually from the game on Monday night. Um, but uh, Andy Dalton is expected to start on Thursday. Fields is dealing with a rib injury. Um, Michael Carter had a high ankle sprain. He's expected to be gone for two to three weeks. Um, Jordan Howard is expected to miss week 12. Jamal Agnew, who someone I, I was kind of starting to really like watching and was looking at in fantasy, is going to be out for the remainder of 2021. Um, and other than that, it's it seems like it's some maintenance, um, some contract extensions for Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. But other than that, I don't think there's much more to add. Did you have anything to add, Graham? No, I think that covers most of it. Perfect. Okay, so let's get right into buy and sell then. Um, I w Why don't you lead off buy and sell here for us to, this week, Graham? All right. So uh, for my buy and sell, um, instead of going with the traditional mold of picking actual players, I went with a team. Uh, so I went with that Atlanta will score more than 25 points this week. Uh, this normally would not seem like much of a statement, but <laughs> they have scored three cumulatively over the last two weeks. Um, but I am a buy on this one. I think they're facing Jacksonville, which is uh, definitely not a stellar defense and someone that I think they'll do well against and i think with patterson returning you're gonna see ryan a little more back to form and i think that they will exploit uh some of those holes in the jacksonville defense i don't disagree with anything that you said but um just for variety's sake here i am going to sell um i think this is a broken team and i could very well see them not doing anything against jacksonville this week and maybe score 15, 16 points, and Jacksonville just wins 21, 16. I, it, it's, it, it, it's more of a, it looks like more of a possibility to me, the, to me this week with Atlanta than it has previously. But, uh, yeah, I could definitely also see it being like Atlanta 
being pretty embarrassed from the previous weeks and just coming out on fire. But uh, I, for variety purposes, I will sell. Um, Zach is also buying probably for the exact same reasons you mentioned. So More than likely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, looking at my buy and sell, I am saying Cam Newton is, again, a top five quarterback this week. They're going up against, uh, I believe it's my, yeah, Miami. They're going up against Miami. Miami is allowing a lot of points to the quarterback. Um, Cam Newton looked pretty good. He rushed for, he rushed for quite a bit of yards last week. Um, and it's just, it's so beneficial when it's Cam Newton, who's got legs, he can run still. And the other option is when they're running those, those RPOs. Um, but it's almost like, it's not a run pass option. It's, it's just, it's just run, run. It's either Newton or CMC that's going to run. The defense has to commit to one. And I think they're choosing to commit to CMC a lot more. So that opens things up a lot for Cam. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sell on this. Uh, he did put up points last week. I don't know that I would necessarily say he looked really good. Um, but, you know, they lost to Washington. So, eh. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, it was I'm actually an entertaining buying. game. I watched it. It was it was pretty entertaining. I watched pieces. Uh, I I'm a sell on this. Um, I most people seem to know at this point how to play him. For whatever reason, I think Washington was caught off guard and surprised by some of the looks they gave. But I don't see Cam Newton again. Like I said last week, he's. He's been around for a while playing poorly, and I I think last week was more of an odyssey than a return to form for him. All right, and uh, Zach is also buying with me, so whatever I just said is probably, again, what Zach is thinking as well. Um, taking a look at Zach's uh, buy and sell, he is saying Dallas Goddard is going to be a top five tight end this week. I bought this because it's against the Giants. The Giants are allowing the most points to the tight end. You don't really need to say any more than that. Uh, I was a sell on this, um, mainly because Dallas Goddard hasn't been a tight end like, guy all year, I don't think. I don't think he's been above 12. Uh, he's not been... Last week, he definitely got the targets. But he's not a high-volume guy. He's on a team with a quarterback that isn't the most generous to receivers or tight ends. And he's he's a good blocker, so they use him a lot in blocking schemes. Uh, and, and they haven't looked his way a ton in the end zone. Uh, where Hurts, you know, likes to do a lot more on his own. So I, I just, I don't see him as a top five guy any week. If he is going to be this is the week, but I don't see it this week either. All right. And uh, Zach bought that. So I think he's on the side of my argument there, just in regards to the amount of points that the Giants are allowing to the tight end. All right. Well, uh, that that does it for buy and sell this week. Uh, let's move into the, the first half of the matchups this week, starting... And I mean, it's three games on Thursday, so I it, it, not the most, not the best games to watch, but uh, 
it's uh it's a little bit it's a little bit gross to start out with Chicago and Detroit especially cuz it's probably like it could be Andy Dalton and Boyle. And I mean it's not even that much better if it's Andy Dalton and Jared Goff. So uh looking at Chicago, Detroit is allowing the 22nd most points to the quarterback, second most points to the running back, 18th most points to the wide receiver, 23rd most points to the tight end. Detroit is also allowing the fourth most rush yards to the running back. Yeah, so for this one, um, I think there's, I mean, everything points towards running the ball at Detroit. Um, They're bad against the run, and Chicago's good at running the ball, and they're starting Andy Dalton. So I'm guessing they're probably not going to put it in uh, the Red Rockets' hands too often. And uh, I think David Montgomery's a phenomenal start this week. Yeah. Um, I don't even think uh, I ask this every time. Herbert. Yeah, Herbert. I don't think Cal- Herbert. Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Yeah, Herbert, Herbert. I asked for a long time too. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever gotten a definitive answer, but uh, <laughs> I don't think he's a terrible flex this week as well. I think there will be so much. Um, to go around that I think it's not unrealistic to see him getting to 10 to 12 touches. Um, beyond that, I don't think you've got a lot of faith in anybody else on that side of the ball, just in the fact that Andy Dalton's going to be the first one to touch it on every snap. Yeah. I, I think I'm on the side that Darnell Mooney's still going to be relevant um, I think he is flex worthy. I think he's the new number one in Chicago, in my opinion. I think you can pretty much write off Allen Robinson, but also saying that if anything, this could be the week where Allen Robinson is relevant because it's Andy Dalton starting at quarterback. Um, I agree 100% with you in regards to the running back. But the, Montgomery is a great start this week. Herbert can be flexed. They run the ball really well, and Detroit sucks. Sucks at stopping the run. So, um, Cole Komet has been relevant, but I do not think this is the week where you can put him in your lineup comfortably. Not at all. No. All right. Let's uh, let's look at the Detroit side of the ball. Chicago is allowing the 16th most points to the quarterback, 15th most points to the running back, sixth most points to the wide receiver, and 26th most points to the tight end. Yeah, so on the Detroit side of the ball, um, I'm going to go off the assumption that Goff is going to be the starter. I think everything's pointing towards that. Uh, If he is, like obviously Swift, you're starting either way. But um, beyond that, Hawkinson, you could probably start either way um, just on the fact that Boyle's not going to open up the field too much and he's probably going to throw a lot more short if he starts. So I think Hawkinson is, is, is a safe play. Uh, Beyond that, the only player that I would consider, like if you really want to look at something, Raymond um, or St. Brown are decent. Uh, Chicago's bad against the wide receiver. Uh, Either one is a decent start. Um, I'd lean towards Raymond personally, but I think it's a bit of a coin flip who Goff is throwing to, but I would only look at them if it's Goff as a starter. If if Goff is a starter, I'm I'm 
happy taking whichever one you're more comfortable in, in regards to Raymond or St. Brown. If it's Boyle, I'm I'm taking St. Brown. Just because with with Boyle last week, St. Brown was the one who he was targeting. So um, I think St. Brown would be the safer play. But again, if you have a preference over the two wide receivers and Goff's playing, I think either one of them, you there's a pretty good chance you're not going to be happy, but there's also a pretty good chance that there's a it's a high ceiling play. So, all right, let's move on to the next matchup, which is Las Vegas versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, looking at Las Vegas, Dallas allows the 26th the most points to the quarterback, the 26th the most points to the running back the 15th most points to the wide receiver, and the 8th most points to the tight end. Um, I The only person, the only players that I am somewhat comfortable starting on this are Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. It's really hard, even though it's a half-decent matchup to the wide receiver, it's hard knowing who it's going to be. I mean, last week it was Hunter Renfro, but it was not for very much. Like, he had four targets, four receptions for 30 yards, only ended up with, like, five or six fantasy points, depending on your league scoring. And I, I, I've i got no confidence in Edwards. I think it's I think it's Jacobs and Waller, and that's about it this week for Vegas. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I, I certainly wouldn't. I, I don't mind the idea of streaming Carr at times, but this isn't the matchup that I would necessarily look at. Um. Renfro, I believe he is the number one guy. He is the number one wide receiver in Las Vegas now. I think you can have confidence in that. Uh, I think we showed last week that you can be the number one guy and still not be <laughs> the <worthy laughs> start. Um, he, he, I, I just, I don't think he's, I don't, I don't think he's got the talent to hang in there with top corners on a lot of teams. Uh, he He's a very, very good player. Like, he runs routes really well. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just don't think he's cut out for, you know, top wide receiver duties. So I think until we see something a little more, I wouldn't put him into my lineup right now. Yeah. All right, and uh, looking over, just moving over to the Dallas side of the ball, Vegas is allowing the 18th most points to the quarterback, the 6th most points to the running back, the 29th most points to the wide receiver, and the 4th most points to the tight end. You're starting Dak. If Zeke's healthy, I mean, even if he's not healthy, even if he's he's a limited participant but is still cleared to play, you're starting Zeke. Uh, it sounds like uh, from what... I don't know if CD Lamb has cleared because it was a concussion last week, right? Uh, that's yeah, that's what I. Think. Yeah, he 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 did not practice today, so I mean something to keep an eye on because I mean if you do if you have CD Lamb and he's playing, you're starting him. Um, Amari Cooper is unvaccinated and tested positive for COVID, so he's probably going to be out because he didn't play last week either. Um, I think he's guaranteed two games yeah. because he's unvaccinated. Yeah, so so Cooper's not going to be in. At this point, I think if Lamb's in and he's getting Casey Hayward, I think Michael Gallup is a super sneaky start. Like, could provide you a lot of value as a start this week. Um, and then, I, 
Schultz is also another good start this week. I, I outside of the obvious guys that you're starting on the Cowboys, to me Gallup and uh, Gallup and Schultz are guys that you can pretty much get off the waiver wire and put right onto your team and start them. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, if you're fortunate enough to have Schultz, I don't know if he's quite the every waiver wire guy, but yeah. uh, he's definitely available in some leagues. Uh, and I, I think Schultz has a very good chance of outperforming Waller this week. Uh, he's got a very high upside in this one, uh, especially with some additional targets to go around. Uh, with Cooper being out of the lineup and how bad Las Vegas is against um, the tight end position. I think that Pollard is actually not a terrible flex this week as well. Yes. Obviously, if if Zeke is in and healthy, you're, you're playing him. But if you do have Pollard, um, he's they, they have been giving him a decent load uh, throughout the season. And I think that this is a game that has the potential for them to be a little more run heavy and have them in on almost every drive that isn't three and out. Um, so I, I, I think you can, I think you can roll Pollard uh, Gallup's obviously phenomenal, as you mentioned, uh, like huge potential upside. Um, and yeah, I, I, I like starting Dallas this week. Yeah, it is a great week to start them. Okay, let's move on to Buffalo against New Orleans, looking at the Buffalo side of the ball. But you know what? Before we get into the Buffalo side of the ball, I want to ask, are if you're, if you're the Bills, are you panicking? Um, I don't know. Like, I, hate, I hate the whole, like, panic thing because it's, it's not like anybody's – like, what does panicking actually mean or do? Like, people talk about, like, are you panicking now? Well, they're not going to sell off their whole team and completely rearrange things. No. So they're not panicking. I mean, but from a sense I, of the stand, like, nobody expected them to lose in the fashion that they did against Indy. And their, like, their, their upcoming schedule sucks. They've got New Orleans this week, which is a pretty tough defense. They've got New England, they've got Tampa Bay, they've got Carolina, they've got New England again. And then to finish off the season, they have Atlanta and, and the Jets. But, I mean, they're, they're what, 6-4 and four now? Yeah, uh, I mean, 6-4 and four is still fine. It's second uh, in the division it's... behind New England right now. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, their two games to come against New England are huge. That's going to decide who wins that division and goes to the playoffs and who doesn't. Yeah. Um, if uh, I I still lean towards Buffalo being the favorite in that, they they've definitely had. They're the most talented. Uh, yeah, sure. they they've got on defense and offense. They simply have more talent. I get the Belichick effect and everything else, but yeah. I have to believe that Buffalo um, hasn't been a fluke the last couple of years. Uh, and the beginning of this one, um, I think that last week was an absolute embarrassment for them. They got completely run over um, in epic record fashion. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that 
you're going to see a team that's embarrassed at this point. Um, you can go one or two, one of two ways when you're embarrassed. Uh, you can either continue to spiral and fall, or your leaders can step up and your coaches can step up and right the ship and you can get angry and go into the next game to prove that you're not that bad. And I, I got to think, like, I know Buffalo, uh, you know, they don't, they've got a lot of young leaders on that team, which makes it a little harder to right the ship. Uh, I think everybody wants a guy like Tom Brady when they're losing. Um, but I think I have to believe that Buffalo with their talent, with everything else, um, you know, I, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I tend to lean towards that way as well. I mean, I think that they have the right coaching staff board as well with with uh, Sean McDermott as well as Leslie Frazier. Those are both pretty tenured guys that have been around a while. So I think they can definitely write the ship there with that staff they have. Anyways, let's 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 get into the fantasy side of it. Um, New Orleans, so looking at Buffalo, New Orleans is allowing the 11th most points to the quarterback, 31st most points to the running back, 9th most points to the wide receiver, 29th most points to the tight end, and they're also allowing the 5th most receiving yards to the wide receiver. Yeah, so, I mean, New Orleans is definitely not a, a great defense to try and run against. Which works for Buffalo because they don't have a run game anyways, apparently. Yeah, Buffalo doesn't have great running backs to begin with. And Jake Allen is a, a different kind of... Sorry, Josh. <laughs> yeah, you said Jake, you're on hockey right now, apparently. Ooh, <laughs> that's bad. Uh, yes, <laughs> Josh Allen. <laughs> you know, whatever. He's, you know, only an MVP candidate and uh, the number four QB in fantasy. You know, no big deal. Who, who who's josh allen yeah exactly but, uh, anyway yeah i think josh allen is a, a obviously a very safe bet if you have him you're playing him um he's still putting up good numbers and i think this is a week for him to really get back on track uh i think Diggs, beasley sanders uh i think those are all decent plays this week i think that they are going to run the ball ball a bit but i think they are really going to try and actually pass the ball i think you're going to see um josh allen doing some things running running out to the sides and uh probably trying to make some big plays downfield which should give Diggs a really high ceiling this week um but i think it also allows for the other two to still have uh decent floors to start with some semblance of uh confidence uh the one guy i'm not entirely sure of for buffalo is Knox. uh he's been kind of a you know throw him in every week kind of guy of late uh he certainly is someone that alan likes to throw to i think that new orleans is not the team that you really play to the tight end against uh and i think that they'd be better served by um, utilizing him in other ways other than trying to pass to get him the ball. Yeah, I I think in regards to Dawson Knox, he, it's 
it's the tight end landscape. It sucks. He was in on 98% of snaps last week. So, in my opinion, Dawson Knox is still... A, you can feel comfortable starting him just because of the amount he's on the field. And he was targeted 10, 10 times last week. I know it was a down week, so Buffalo was having to throw a lot more. But they're not going to be able to run against New Orleans. So, he should still be involved enough to be relevant within the top 10 in tight ends in fantasy this week, in my opinion. Um, Zach Moss only got one carry last week. Or sorry, no, he had three attempts for five yards. He got one point last week in fantasy. Um, he, I don't trust any backs in Buffalo, um, but I, I don't trust any backs, but at the same time, I think you need to add Matt Burita. Yeah, uh, he's he's made a lot of big plays, and they seem to be looking to get him outside um, and doing different things. And, and I think having a back that you like running outside that's got that speed to really break things is very advantageous to this Buffalo offense that you know has a, a very ample running quarterback to begin with. Yeah. I think Breda just gives them so much more to work with than Moss or Singletary do. All right, let's look at the New Orleans side of the ball. Buffalo's allowing the 32nd most points to the quarterback, the 20th most points to the running back, 32nd most points to the wide receiver, and 27th most points to the tight end. Yeah, so uh, not a lot great to say in New Orleans these days, uh, but Kamara's back, hopefully. So... If Kamara's back, obviously you're starting him. Their whole offense is going to run around him. Um, Simeon's not been good uh, for whatever reason. Taysom Hill is still not starting. I don't understand uh, they, that. They seem to like paying him but not playing him. Yeah, they just um, sent him to an extension, didn't they? Yeah. I haven't read the full details, but apparently it's got uh, some performance clauses on it, and it's dependent on whether he's a QB or not. Oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, uh, they they like the guy, obviously. They've, they've given him tons of money over the years and continue to be willing to pay him, but uh, for whatever reason, they don't want to trot him out as their starter right now. And I think with that being the case the value of just about everybody else outside of Kamara in New Orleans is pretty low. And uh, Buffalo, um, obviously, last week, I think they went from uh, 32nd most points to running back to 20th. I was going to mention so that. <laughs> a 12-spot jump this time in the year says a lot. From about... one week. Yeah, but... Um, you know, they still allowed I, – I, I don't think they're going anywhere on those numbers this week facing Kamara. Yeah. But I don't think – if you're starting Kamara expecting that he's going to replicate what JT did last week, I don't think that's going to happen for you. Um, no. I think they're still a much better defense than last week said they were. Yeah, I, I agree with that. All right, let's go to the next matchup, which is Atlanta versus Jacksonville. Looking at Atlanta, Jacksonville's allowing the 19th most points to the quarterback, the 13th most points to the running back, the 14th most points to the wide receiver, and the 11th most points to the tight end. Um, 
I'm not comfortable streaming Matt Ryan. Patterson's supposed to be back. He's a guy that you're always going to plug into your lineup if he's playing, just because if he's not doing it running the ball, he's going to do it throw, like catching the ball. So I think he's a great start. Um, I don't know really what to do with the wide receiving core in Atlanta. Um, I don't, I Ridley, I don't think he's, he's back this week. He's eligible to return after this week, I believe. Um, Gage seems to be the guy, the next guy up now. He kind of disappointed you before. Uh, it's a half decent matchup. So he is flex worthy in my opinion. I'm not starting Mike Davis just with Patterson back. And it's, it, to me, it's Pitts and Patterson and that's it. Yeah, the wide receiver core in uh, Atlanta was bleak, even with Ridley there. It's just awful now. Um, Patterson is uh, going to, you know, give Ryan something to throw to, and Pitts obviously will, but uh, that whole Ridley left is going to be felt uh, until he returns, if he ever does. Um, And I wouldn't start anyone outside of those two either. Okay, well, let's move over to the Jacksonville side of the ball. Atlanta's allowing the second most points to the quarterback, the fifth most points to the running back, the eighth most points to the wide receiver, and the 20th most points to the tight end. I am going to let you in on a little little bit of news here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be my quarterback start of the week for this week, so uh, uh, that'll be on tomorrow. Um, Robinson and Hyde, I think, will be relevant this week. I know Robinson is dealing with a little bit of injuries, so I think they're taking some of the carries away from him to give to Hyde, um, but I think the carries that they're both going to receive are going to be valuable enough to make them both relevant. Um, it's Marvin Jones Jr. at wide receiver. I'm not really comfortable starting LaVisca Chenault just because every time you think you can start him, he lets you down. And uh, Dan Arnold has been pretty good at tight end for Jacksonville, but I think with the amount of different spots that the Falcons are weak to, I think they're going to take advantage of that. Um, at, like Talking about the wide receiver, running back, and quarterback, so I don't think you'll see too much from Dan Arnold this week. Personally, I look at Dan Arnold as being kind of on the same uh level as uh Knox this week he's one of those guys who's kind of a fringe tight end one not a terrible start but not a good one either um and yeah I'd agree with you on Chenault um I think that you have a lot better floor guys that you can pull off the waiver wire than Chenault that'll get you a little more predictable points um, and, uh, yeah, Lawrence was going to be my, uh, start of the week. So, uh, well, thank you for called it uh, then. dealing that early. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that does that for Atlanta and Jacksonville. Let's go on to, uh, the next matchup, which is, uh, the Jets versus Houston. Looking at the Jets side of the ball, Houston allows the 13th most points to the quarterback, the seventh most points to the running back the 12th most points to the wide receiver, and the third most points to the tight end. Houston also allows the second most rush yards to the running back. So uh, with Wilson back, um, there's 
once again, uh, a lot of questions in the Jets' offense. I don't think there's been a lot of predictability all year. Uh, it looks like Johnson's going to be probably the lead back. Um, obviously, Houston isn't uh, the worst team to run against uh, with Wilson coming back after having missed a, a number of games as a rookie. Um you know, where he's going to be at is pretty hard to predict. So as much as I love more, um, and I do like this matchup for more and Davis, um, it's so hard to start either of them this week, just based off of so many question marks about who's going to be throwing them the ball. I think if I had to pick, I would probably lean towards Davis just because he had a established connection with Wilson before he got hurt um, as, as just having a higher floor. But I think Moore has obviously shown that he's got a much higher ceiling. And uh, I think either or is a, is a rough flex, but someone... You know, you can with some hope for some upside. But I think Johnson's about the only one off that offense that I'm going to be starting with any kind of uh, confidence. Yeah, I, I agree with you on Johnson in the sense that it, that he's I'm confident in starting him. Um, I have a little bit more confidence and more than I do over Davis. I think it was the same rookie issue that you look at with a lot of wide receivers, how they start off slow at the start of the season. Except if you're like Jamar Chase and uh, Justin Jefferson last year. So, um, but I I think with Moore just getting familiar with the offense, the playbook, he's he has separated himself from Corey Davis so much in my opinion that I don't think there's any way that Zach Wilson can't not like he can't not throw him the ball a ton against the Texans. So, I think uh, I think more I have more confidence in more than Davis this week. But, I mean, you have more confidence in Davis and more this week, so that'll be interesting to see. All right, let's look at the Houston side of the ball. The Jets are allowing the ninth most points to the quarterback, the most points to the running back, the 10th most points to the wide receiver, the ninth most points to the tight end. They are also allowing the fifth most pass yards and the third most rush yards to the running back, as well as the third most receiving yards to the running back. Yeah, so... Uh... I want to be clear. This is a game that I think could be nine, six, but I think it has a higher chance of actually being fun and being in the thirties on both sides. Um, So I don't think Terod Taylor is an awful start this week. Uh, He was good last week against Tennessee. Uh, I don't think, if you're looking for a guy to score 30 points, that's never going to be Taylor. Yeah. But if you're looking for a guy who should be over 15 and maybe flirting with the low 20s, uh, you know, Taylor definitely should be in that area this week. Uh, I think Johnson, uh, the other Johnson on the, in this game, uh, David Johnson, should be... Um, should be started if you've got him. Uh, New York is bad against the running back, and as much as he is a shadow of his former self, uh, he should be able to put up points in this one. 
Um, and then obviously you start cooks if you have them. We say that every week, but uh, needs I mean, to be said. Last week, even though they were absolutely destroying Tennessee, Cooks did not have a good week. So, but I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, do start Cooks. Um, I could not like you took the words right out of my mouth when it comes to Taylor. If you're looking for that that 15 to 20 points, I think this is definitely a week where it's almost guaranteed that he would give you that. Um, I'm uh, questioning a little bit more. I know that they released Philip Lindsay. But last week, David Johnson got 13 attempts, and Rex Burkhead got 18. So I don't know who it's going to be. I also lean more towards Johnson because I think he's he's more dangerous in the passing game than Rex Burkhead. But I think personally, just if you're if you're in dire need for a running back start this week, pick up both of them. Like you can pick up either one, put a put a free like try and sign both of them. I think if you are just you're desperate, you can put either one in your flex, um, and just be fully aware that Burkhead could give you a zero in my opinion, but he could also be the lead back. We just don't know. Um, I I don't see him being a zero, but I could easily see him under five. Um, he's he seems to get you know, little bits here and there. Like, he was good against the Rams inexplicably and then completely underutilized the following week. Um, he's he's a guy that they obviously seem to like at times and not at others for whatever reason. Um, I think Johnson is definitely the guy if you're trying to decide which one to throw in, it's Johnson. The snap percentages um, but... lean towards David Johnson as well. It's just 18 carries. He was he was also the more effective runner. Burkhead was, so. Yeah, but when you're a more effective runner, averaging like two yards per carry versus 1.8, who cares? Yeah, I, they're both, both terrible. <laughs> well, yeah, it was against Tennessee, who was who's half decent against the run. We're talking about the Jets here, though, who allow like a lot of points. Yeah. In fantasy to the running back. So, I mean, both of them could be very relevant. The, like, David Johnson had 55% of the snaps. Burkhead had 42. So, I mean, those are both good snap percentages to see fantasy relevant. And if they're playing yeah. against, obviously playing against the Jets with the amount of points that they allow, they could both I guess have I'm just biased, games. and I hate, I hate the idea of suggesting to start David Johnson. I, it uh, doesn't feel good coming out of my mouth. Just feels really gross. I, I know, but you know what? I think that all you're saying to me is that Rex Burkhead might be my bold prediction this week. We'll see. Um, let's go to the next matchup, which is Tennessee against New England. Uh, looking at Tennessee, New England's allowing the 31st most points to the quarterback, the 25th most points to the running back, the 27th most points to the wide receiver, the 24th most points to the tight end. New England is also allowing the second most receiving yards to the running back. Um, obviously, you're not looking to start Tannehill this week just because, I mean, New England is very good. New England's defense, it's just, it astounds me with how much they can just basically have guys leave. And then they do the exact same thing with a different name in that position. Um, I'm not looking to start Foreman this week. They also did... They, who did they elevate from the practice roster? I said his name earlier, didn't I? Uh, Hillard? Yeah. 
So I, I think that's because he's with he's with the Titans now, right? Well, yeah. yeah, he was he was off the practice roster, but I think he's been with them for a couple of years. Yeah, and it was it was another running back last week that I was surprised had so many carries with Tennessee. It was Hillard. Was it Hillard? Yeah. Yeah. So gives me a little bit of concern for uh, for Foreman, but I mean this isn't the week that you're wanting to start Foreman either. Um, AJ Brown, you're starting him regardless of the matchup. But past him, I'm not looking at anything. Obviously, not looking at anything at tight end either. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's uh, wait and see. I I think that uh, it's perfectly like if you still have the chance, picking up Foreman or Hillard right now off the waiver wire is a great play. Um, You know, they might end up in a timeshare, but. There certainly is a good offense and a good opportunity that if uh, the right back steps forward, has a big game, um, you know, it could be uh, could be very ven- beneficial come playoff time. But, uh, yeah, don't start anyone other than A.J. Brown this week. And let me just preface that, preface that by saying uh, in regards to the Foreman-Hilliard com- conversation, uh, Foreman only had 19% of snaps last week in a good, like in a bad matchup. He only had 19% of snaps where Hilliard had 63. Like that's concerning to me. It's honestly, I look at it right now. Like you looked at San Francisco at the beginning of the year. You never know any given Sunday, who's going to get the most touches. There's a couple of possibilities and it's going to probably be fluid for the next week or two, at least. Um, I wouldn't start anyone, but I think it's pretty obvious. McNichols isn't the guy who's going to get the actual running stuff. So whoever, whoever ends up establishing himself in that between Hillard and Foreman is going to be the one that you want to move forward with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. McNichols is out. It has been ruled out with the concussion this week too. So, all right, well, let's look at the new England side of the ball. Tennessee's allowing the third most points to the quarterback, the 28th most points to the running back, the most points to the wide receiver, the 30th most points to the tight end. And Tennessee also is allowing the second most pass yards and the most receiving yards to wide receiver. To me, Mac Jones is showing me a lot. I, I don't understand why he wasn't the third overall pick by San Francisco with how much he's shown this year. Um, I honestly think you can start him this week against Tennessee because I think it's going to be a lot closer of a game where they might just be a little bit behind or uh, ahead enough that they're still trying to score points. Um, I'm not going to start Harris or Stevenson this week. Tennessee's been really good against the running back. I think Jacoby Myers is an absolutely fantastic start this week. He finally got his first touchdown. Tennessee allows the most receiving yards to the wide receiver as well as the most fantasy points to the wide receiver. So I think he is a fantastic start this week. Other than that, I mean, Henry is touchdown or bust in this kind of matchup for me. But I think there's better play, like better tight ends to start over Henry this week. Yeah, I I think Henry is still 
valuable enough potentially just with the usage and the fact that he does seem to have a very good connection with Mac Jones. Um, I got to agree with you pretty much outside of that on everything. Um, I think the one obvious bright spot is Jacoby Myers. I think Mac Jones, you can kind of, he, he's, he's been very good as a rookie. I think Belichick, I mean, people said like, is, is it Belichick or is it Brady? Is it Belichick? Is it Brady? I think it's both of them. Yeah. I think they're both phenomenal. And I think you're seeing that. I think that's what you need to develop a dynasty like New England had for so many years. Uh, unprecedented in football. Um, but I think Belichick is a phenomenal defensive mind, and he has clearly always been very good at scheming around offenses that will take advantage of defensive weaknesses on the other team. Uh, and I think that that definitely leads to looking at the wide receiver, looking at some of the different areas that Tennessee has obviously shown that they can be exposed. Um, Mac Jones, I don't think he's going to give you a 30, but I think you can probably feel pretty safe in the 15 to 25 range. Yeah. Um, I was going to say 20 to 25. So I think we're pretty much right at the same. Yeah. But Myers is obviously a, a great start. I also think Nelson Aguilar is a pretty sneaky start this week, too. So, Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the next matchup, which is Philadelphia against the New York Giants. Looking at Philadelphia, the Giants are allowing the 14th most points to the quarterback, the 8th most points to the running back, the 7th most points to the wide receiver, and the 17th most points to the tight end. Yeah, so, I mean, I think with this game, you have to look at potential outcomes. Um, I personally think New York is better than what they played like last week. Um, They were playing a good team that simply beat them in every aspect. But I don't think the Giants are an awful team. And I think they will still manage to keep this close, despite the fact that Philadelphia has looked very good of late. Um, so I think with the I, looking at this as a game that'll probably be somewhat close. Uh, obviously, your starting hurts. I think Sanders is actually a very decent start this week. Yeah, with uh, Howard dis- out. Yeah, with Howard out. Um, Despite the fact that he didn't have a ton, you know, previously, he had a fumble last week. Um, I think he's still a very good start this week. Um, And obviously, I think Smith Smith is certainly a great start as well. Goddard, um, you and Zach seem to be all in on him being a top five tight end. I'm actually changing mine to sell on that because I, for some reason, my eyes jumped over to what Philadelphia is allowing to the tight end, not what yeah. the Giants are allowing to the tight end. I misread that. Um, yeah, yeah, it, and it's, I, it's a decent matchup, but yeah, it's certainly it's not, not plush. It's not, it's not. Yeah, so I, I, I'm officially changing mine to sell. I'm on your side. Zach's by himself. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think Goddard is a decent enough start, but I, 
I don't see this game playing out in a way that's going to be him of him getting a ton of targets, but you never know. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you on Sanders uh, and Smith. I don't not really comfortable. I, I mean, Hertz is a start every week. I'm not really comfortable with anybody outside of those names. So, all right, well, let's look at the Giants side of the ball. Uh, Philadelphia is allowing the 15th most points to the quarterback, ninth most points to the running back, 30th most points to the wide receiver, most points to the tight end. They're also allowing the fifth most rush yards to the running back and the most receiving yards to tight end. So one thing I want to say on the Goddard thing too, oh, yeah. I just took you at your word too. Uh, like yeah. I, I was thinking, I thought it was a, I thought they weren't that great of a matchup, but no. if Liam says it, you know, he he's he's a stats guy. He knows this stuff. So I was like, I'm well, stats it's guy a plus matchup. Read, but I still don't think he's gonna do it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, getting back to uh, the New York. Uh, side of the ball um obviously philadelphia is very exposable at tight end so what you're saying is it's ingram that's going to be the top five this week i think evan ingram is a better bet if you're going to pick one of the tight ends in this game i think ingram is a much better bet to be a top five guy he certainly does seem to get the targets obviously not as much last week but tampa bay was a rough matchup but he's been pretty consistent uh outside of that the last couple of weeks and um he he is a he's a big receiver essentially uh he's he's a guy that can do some damage at the receiver and and that's that's a big deal for a team that's that's struggling um and they're going up against a team that does not allow a lot of points to the wide receiver that being said i think barkley yeah great matchup i wouldn't start jones and i don't think i'm starting any of the wide receivers in new york this week either just out of lack of uh faith in how the switchover is going to go with moving on at the offensive coordinator position. I honestly, I think if they could have fired Daniel Jones, they probably would have fired him instead of Jason Garrett. I just, I was watching him play and I just, I could not fathom the decisions he was making on some of those plays. And yeah, I know Evan Ingram isn't everyone's favorite tight end. And yeah, he only, he had five targets last week and only caught two of them. But they're, obvi- they're absolutely terrible targets coming from Daniel Jones. They're close to uncatchable. Um, and to me, it, it, regardless of the fact that it's a terrible matchup, sorry, it's a, it's a great matchup and it, terrible targets. Like, it, if he gets eight targets and it turns into four catches and with the matchup against the Eagles, it, it could be top five tight end this week. So I think Engram is a great start. All right, well, let's uh, let's move on to the next matchup, which is Pittsburgh, next and last matchup of the night, which is Pittsburgh against Cincinnati. Uh, looking at Pittsburgh, Cincinnati is allowing the 23rd most points to the quarterback, 10th most points to the running back, 25th most points to the wide receiver, 18th most points to the tight end, and the 5th most receiving yards to the running back. So in this, I mean, Najee did get a little banged up last week, but I think if he's... 
he's healthy and there's no concerns going into this week, obviously you're putting him into your starting lineup. Um, I'm not comfortable really starting any other wide receivers other than Deontay Johnson. And uh, Fryermuth has definitely shown that he can be a good tight end. I mean, last not la- the not last week, but the week before, uh, he had the fumble that obviously ended the game in a tie. But last week, he was very good. He had four receptions on seven targets. And the other thing that I really is making me have a lot more faith in Fryermuth is that uh, Eric Ebron is going to be out for probably the foreseeable future. So it's going to be all Fryermuth. Um I think we could be looking at like a guy that's going to be consistently in the top five for the remainder of the season at tight end. So if he's on your waiver wire, go grab him. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with you. I think uh, most people have kind of scooped him up at this point. Um, But if you have a, if you have a shot at him, or if there's someone who's got two good tight ends, you might be able to pick him up cheap in a trade uh, before the deadline this week. He's only um, rostered in about half of leagues right now, so. Really? Yeah, it surprised me too. Uh, yeah, if if he's on your waiver wire, pick him up. Um, he's uh, one down week in the last like five or six is phenomenal at the tight end position, and his up weeks are you know high, you know eighteen. <laughs> kind of 16 18 kind of range yeah um and yeah the ebron going out only increases that potential i I think his ceiling is above 20 at this point and i think his floor um you know obviously there is the one bad game but i think you can look at his floor being a solid seven eight points which is phenomenal at tight end and I think he's he's a guy that you're looking at in the top five every week. Yeah, and I mean even a down down week from a tight end doesn't hurt you as much in fantasy as a down week in any other position. So, okay, well let's move over to the Cincinnati side of the ball. Um, Pittsburgh is allowing the 17th most points to the quarterback, the 12th most points to the running back, the 11th most points to the wide receiver, and the 22nd most points to the tight end. Um, I think you can have a decent amount of confidence in certain Joe Burrow this week. Uh, it is a divisional matchup. It's it's going to be one of those. I think it's going to be one of those shootout games, kind of like that. No one's expecting to be a shootout. Um, Joe Mixon, obviously, you're putting in your lineup. Uh, Jamar Chase, obviously, you're putting in your lineup. But I think you can have confidence starting. I would. I know I've gone away from Boyd a bit this year just because I think Higgins is better, but I do think this is more of a Tyler Boyd kind of game. Um, but he is also questionable for this weekend's game. So he could he could be out, and if he's out, Higgins is a great start. Um, and outside of that, I don't really have any confidence anywhere else. What about your uh, every week? Not this week. <laughs> don't you say it. Don't you say it, <laughs> Um, yeah, I think Burrow has obviously had, uh, two down weeks, um, which doesn't inspire a lot of confidence with a young guy, but, uh, if you look at every other week, pretty much the entire season outside of the last, uh, two weeks, uh, three, I guess, cause there was a buy, I think, but, um, he's, 
he's put together a, a really phenomenal second year. He has taken strides forward, and I think that uh, this is a game where it's going to really define who he, who he is as a player, and I think he's going to step up and actually play play well, and I think um, you're going to see him put up. I, I think you can start him with some confidence that I like to say those 15 to 25 guys, I think he falls in there. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you can start him with some confidence this week. And yeah, pretty much everything else you said. Perfect. All right. Well, that wraps up the show for tonight. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, Zach will be joining us tomorrow. Uh, we'll look into the rest of the matchups, get into our start-sit decisions for the week, as well as end the show off with our bold predictions. So don't forget to check us out tomorrow. Uh, also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can also listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions, you can email us at potbellypigskinfantasyfootball at gmail.com. All right. Well, good night and have yourself a good rest of the week. Cheers.